how much is our knowledge in regards to the 1947 division of india 15th august 1947 india got freedom from the colonial rule yes we all know that but only by paying a huge price for it we lost 822000 kilometers of our motherland to the making of pakistan the size of uk and france put together and over 30 to 50 lakh innocent hindu lives apart from those of the freedom fighters we are taught that the british played a divide and rule game and created bitterness among hindus and the muslims was the hatred so intense that they had to ask for a separate land the british had also divided hindus in 2378 castes and 43 races in 1911 why have all those 2421 divisions of hindus not demanded a separate land till date why would any hindu or for that matter any citizen ask for a separate land when the entire nation is his can't he live work pray practice his faith in any part of bharatwarsh so what could the history behind the partition of bharatwarsh be we could divide it in three major parts one the formation of the mental makeup that demanded a divide and that period is 635 to 1767 from the first to the last invasion of bharat the hindu heroes fought for their motherland where most countries fell to the islamic invasion in just 17 to 20 years the hindu rajas of sindh afghanistan which is the gates of bharatwarsh did not let the invaders enter the nation for almost 80 long years and that kind of resistance and that kind of treatment is what the invaders received throughout the country one example of the making of that radical mindset is a new convert after debal fell in 1712 is maulana islami maulana islami was sent to raja dahir's court with a syrian to deliver a message the syrian bowed down to the king but maulana islami refused and when asked if he had forgotten the discipline of the court the maulana answered my new religion does not permit me to bow down in front of anyone except allah the mindset that would demand a separate land 1200 years later was born and the part two can be uh, those new converts along with the invaders considered bharatwarsh as darul harb which is the land that they were at war with all the time and that period is largely from the 15th till the 18th century unlike this common popularly established belief of the peace loving image of the sufis the sufis played a huge role in the conversion of the hindus and the desecration of our temples one example is ahmed sirindi of the naqshbandi silsila who in 1600 stressed upon jazia and sharia controlled bharatwarsh so in a way he was the father of the two nation theory this man 
was also instrumental in getting Guru Arjan Dev Ji and his followers tortured and killed. In the 1700s, followers of one Abdul Wahab, Shah Waliullah, propagated the Wahhabi cult that later emerged as Deobandis and still exists. In 1748, he invited Ahmad Shah Abdali to crush the growing powers of the Marathas, the Jats and the Sikhs. The Muslim Nawabs helped, 34 ulemas supported and the British supported them too. Waliullah's father had founded a madrasa called madrasa e rahmati in Delhi. In 1821, Waliullah's son, Abdul Aziz, gave the task of establishing caliphate in Kashmir and spreading jihad to one Ahmad Barelvi. Barelvi toured India and gathered 80,000 Wahhabis and used Balakot as a launch pad, but was beheaded by the Sikhs in the Battle of 1831. And then came the 1857 War of Independence. And there were many a prominent Muslims who sided the British. India would have been liberated on the 31st of May 1857 through simultaneous rising of sepoys throughout the country as planned by Nana Sahib over three long years. But the uncontrollable spirit of Mangal Pandey jumped with a loaded gun killing Major Hagsan and we were pushed into another 90 years of British slavery, unfortunately. After the mutiny, lands of Hindus were confiscated and they were given to the Muslims who sided the British. One such man was Sayyid Ahmad Khan. Sayyid Ahmad Khan, with the British support in 1875, on the 56th birthday of Queen Victoria, founded Mohammedan Anglo-Oriental College, which was later called Madrasatul Ulum. And in 1920, this came to be known as the Aligarh Muslim University. Muslims also were promised by the British non-interference in their religious matters. The Article 26 to 30 of the Indian Constitution can be called an extension of that same courtesy. 1857 to 1905 was a major turning point in the 1947 divide of India. Sayyid Ahmad Khan in 1857 also established a narrative that two nations existed in Bharatwarsh with distinct religions and went on record in 1888 in a speech at Meerut. In 1888 also he established the Mohammedan Educational Conference, which was called Aligarh Movement also. And in the, ninth, in the 20th annual session of the Mohammedan Educational Conference, the name of the body was changed to All India Muslim League, as suggested by Samiullah, the Nawab of Dhaka. 3,000 delegates attended this. Muhammad Ali Jinnah, Alama Iqbal, Muhammad Ali Johar of Khilafat and uh, Muslim League, the first PM, the second and the fifth president, the second and the third governor general of Pakistan, and many other prominent figures who were responsible for the partition of India are either a product of Aligarh Muslim University or highly influenced by Sayyid Ahmad Khan. Sayyid Ahmad Khan 
is uh, projected as a hero even today in our country. The part three of the history of the amputation of the Saraswati Sindhu civilization in 1947 is the timeline of events starting 1905, the critical giveaway as a prelude to the partition. The recurrent saga of butchering of thousands upon thousands of Hindus, of rapes, abductions of Hindu women in multiple thousands, the carrying off of the girls, the widows violated by groups, plundering of homes, properties, temples, forced conversions and unimaginable atrocities upon Hindus from 1905 till 1947. I shall not repeat this again and again and only mention dates and numbers of the butchered Hindus. Neither would I say Hindus and Sikhs. I would just say Hindus because they were obviously all non-Muslims. All the attacks were organized and politically supported. Felling of the trees to block the roads, cutting off of telegraph lines, destroying railroads and bridges, mobs armed with petrol, firearms, bombs, swords, knives, etc. Triggered with modern processions, Nagar Kirtans passing from in front of a masjid, following Holi, Diwali, etc. Much of all this you must have heard or seen in the present times as well. Most attacks went unreported. Memory of them lied only in the consciousness of people. 16th October 1905. Curzon combined with the residue of Islamic imperialism partitioned Bengal. The Muslim ambition of converting East Bengal into Daral Islam was set aflame and with the support of the English officers and the magistrates, call for jihad burst full fury on Hindus. An estimated 4,000 people died in three days of continuous attacks. 1906, the 1886 formed Mohammedan Educational Conference was renamed All India Muslim League, popularly established as uh, that the Muslim League was formed in 1906. A lal ishtihar was distributed with anti-Hindu instructions following which the jihadis fell on Hindus. Incited by the Nawab Samiullah, an estimated 1500 Hindus were killed in Komila and in Jamalpur. A British war correspondent H.W. Nevison reported, when Mohammedans rioted, the police ransacked Hindu houses. Mullahs went throughout the country preaching the revival of Islam and proclaiming to the villagers that the British government was on their side and that the law courts had been specially suspended for three months. So no penalty would be exacted for violence done to the Hindus or for looting their shops or the abduction of the Hindu women. A red pamphlet was everywhere circulated maintaining the same wild doctrine. 1909, separate electorates for Muslims were announced as a result of the Muslim League's protest in India and lobbying in London. 1920, Muhammad Ali Johar along with some others established Jamia Milia Islamia. 1920, Muhammad Ali Johar and Shaukat Ali led Khilafat movement in defense of the Ottoman Caliphate 
and was supported by Mohandas Karamchand Gandhi, who issued non-cooperation in the support of Khilafat. The first education minister of independent India, Maulana Abul Kalam Azad, also became the leader of the Khilafat movement, during which he became close to Gandhi. Maulana Azad during this period is reported to have said that democracy is un-Islamic and like the medieval Muslim invaders, a strong-headed minority in the longer run will obtain majority in India by means of conversion and a higher demographic growth. About the making of Pakistan in the 1930s, he has gone on record saying that from the Islamic viewpoint, Pakistan can only be a temporary tactic in the way of the ultimate goal, that is the Islamization of India. Remember the ultimate goal. 1921, left and right hand of Gandhiji, Ali brothers invited Amanatullah of Afghanistan to invade India. Following the Khilafat movement, the Mufla Muslims under Muhammad Haji as Khalif proclaimed jihad on Hindus killing 2,000. 20,000 were converted and property worth 3 crore was looted. Allahu Akbar was the battle cry of Khilafat. Khilafat leaders praised the writers as heroes fighting for the glory of Islam. And Gandhi is supposed to have said brave God-fearing people fighting for the religion in a manner they consider religious. He continued spreading his protective wings on the Ali brothers who had reaffirmed their pan-Islamism more than once. On 23rd December 1926, the ailing Swami Shraddha was shot dead in his Delhi home by Abdul Rashid. Swami had presided over the Congress session at Amritsar in 1919 after the Jallianwala massacre since Congress had declined to do so. Swami had also addressed a huge gathering from the Minars of Jama Masjid in Delhi for the national solidarity and Vedic Dharma. And he has started his speech with the mantra and launched a Shuddhi campaign to bring the converted Hindus back to the Hindu fold. 18,000 plus had returned to Hindu fold in the first half of 1923. Huge funds were gathered to protect Abdul Rashid. Asif Ali of Congress defended Abdul Rashid, but he lost and Rashid was hung. Over 50,000 joined his funeral processions. Special namaz was recited for him. Does this sound familiar? Throughout Punjab in 1922 and 23, Bengal and UP, following a Muharram procession, an estimated 20,000 Hindus were killed. In 1924, Kohat, now in Pakistan, 155 out of the total population of 3,000 were killed. In 1926, 200 were killed, 975 injured. In 1928, in Bombay, 400 were killed, 740 were injured. 1931, in Kanpur, 400 were killed, 1,200 were injured. 1932, Bombay, 217 were killed and 2,570 injured. Communal award was announced around that time and Congress did not reject it. 1946, September, Bombay, 320 were killed. 1946, Muslim League announced the Direct Action Day as a demand of separate Muslim state. 
Jinnah said, we'll have a divided India or a destroyed India. One lakh Muslims were mobilized during Ramzan under the leadership of Hussein Shaheed Churavardi with firearms, one month ration and petrol coupons despite the shortage of petrol. In Havra, Sharif Khan, the mayor of Calcutta, guided them. Out of 24 police headquarters in 22, all the Hindu officers were replaced by the Muslims. Two full days mobs were let loose on Hindus. In Calcutta alone, 20,000 were killed and 1,500 injured, 1 lakh homeless. In Noakhali, 50,000 were killed. Almost entire Hindu population was nearly annihilated. The streets were piled with corpses of heights of two stories. Carcasses of cows lay stinking behind the bodies of their owners. Let me give you one example of their brutalities here. Mayar Forge of Gulam Sarwar surrounded the house of Rajendra Lal Rai Chaudhary, the president of Hindu Mahasabha. And after one full day of resistance from Chaudhary, his house was set on fire. He was beheaded and his seaward head was sent on a platter to Gulam Sarwar along with his two little daughters as gifts. In the remote Sandweep uh, island which had no motor cars, entire village was burnt with petrol exported from the mainland. 24th November 1946 was Diwali. A Muslim leader in Chapra said, Rejoice, illuminating the Hindu houses. 5th March 1947, the Hindu students of Rawalpindi protesting against the formation of a communal Muslim league were attacked by the police and the leaguers. Following that, the peer of Golara Sharif, as they do even today in Pakistan, encouraged a fully prepared Muslim league-led mob. Lahore and Amritsar, Multan, Rawalpindi, Kamalpur, Jhelum, Sargoda were attacked non-stop for weeks and by the end of March, those penniless surviving Hindus were transferred into refugee camps established all over Punjab, Jhelum and Sargoda. Village after village were attacked. Well supplied with daggers, swords, spears and firearms, bands were subsidized monetarily by league. Cash payments were made to the assassins based on the numbers of the Hindus killed. Patrolling groups in jeeps went about slaughtering stray Hindus. Weapon supplies were sent from northwest frontier province and money was sent from Delhi-based politicians. Mobs descended on Kartha village, poured buckets of petrol on Hindu homes. Families screaming were consumed by the flames. Those who escaped were caught tied together, soaked with petrol and burnt alive. In Toa Khalsa, after resisting for three days, a truce was negotiated with the Muslims with 20,000 rupees and an agreement that they may loot the houses but not burn them, not kill the men or dishonor the women. Hindus and Sikhs gathered in the Haveli of Sardar Gulab Singh in Anindaduk Bhanjani Gurdwara and saw their houses being looted and burned. The mobs then surrounded the Haveli. But when defeat was imminent, while the men fought, the women with their children jumped into the wells inside the Haveli. The whole of the Hindu Sikh region looked as if it was air raided. Official figures of killed Hindus were only 
3,000. Whereas thousands of Hindu men, women and children were slaughtered, the shops were looted, business establishments were shut, Hindus were confined to their four walls. The Hindus who were living in the Muslim areas were killed and those who did manage to escape became penniless. And it was thought that after the partition, things would normalize and they would continue to live in Rawalpindi. Mount Baton, after visiting Rawalpindi, reported to the British government in England that the whole of the Hindu Sikh part is an absolute wreck, as though it has been subjected to an air raid. Several Hindu villages are wiped out. Though a separate number of female casualties is not available, the official figure of deaths in the district of Rawalpindi was 3,263, which was far below the actual number. The women were subjected to maximum humiliation and torture. Third June 1947, the Mountbatten plan was accepted. The date for the transfer of power Mind you, the transfer of power and not independence was June 1948 but was advanced to 15th August 1947, giving only six weeks to complete the arrangements for partition. The demarcation line was disclosed only two days after partition. Just those few days took the lives of over 40 lakh Hindus Countless were injured and over 80 lakh were displaced. Figures and incidents in Pakistan thereafter are not known. Just one such incident on the 22nd of August in Kunja, West Punjab is known where 350 Hindus were butchered. With lost social and individual identities leaving behind their rich lands, flourishing businesses, factories, whatever, the battle for survival had just begin for the displaced Hindus. My paternal and maternal families were also one of them. They had paid more than full price for the freedom of this country. Trains carrying three to four thousand Hindu refugees every day were derailed using explosives. Crude weapons were used to kill almost all the passengers. The number of Hindu victims is indeed unimaginable and uncountable. Refugee columns moving on foot were attacked and when the trains carrying butchered Hindus reached Amritsar, the streets were littered with festering corpuses and stink, choked drains, night soil, dirt. According to its original conception, Pakistan was to be larger than it turned out to be with Kashmir, Assam, Bengal, Malabar and many Muslim states. Whatever remained of India was to be considered Diniya, meaning if not an Islamic state at that moment, it was to be converted to Islam in the time to come. The word Pakistan was coined by Chaudhary Rehmat Ali and three Cambridge Muslim students in the Roundtable Conference on 28 January 1933, according to which P for Punjab a for Afghanistan, K for Kashmir, S for Sindh, Tan for Balochistan, etc. Rehmat Ali floated a pamphlet titled Now or Never. And still 
concerned about the muslims of united provinces and bihar that could not be included in pakistan during the partition maulana abul kalam propagated a theory called hostage population theory and a small hindu population in pakistan was held back as hostages to further negotiate with india state of those hindus in pakistan is not hidden from the world they've been fighting the ongoing 1947 war for the last 73 years subjected to muslim atrocities the foundation of the biggest mass migration and holocaust in the history of humanity is as old as 1385 years today it didn't just happen by chance as drilled into our heads but was the outcome of the muslims conspiracy of establishing a muslim state of a purely islamic character our leaders betrayed us why did congress accept one boundary commission for bengal and punjab why did they accept one man commission instead of three man commission why at all did they accept serial radcliffe who had worked as junior counsel to jinnah the loot murder arson rapes abduction of women faced by millions of hindus and sikhs of west punjab northwest frontier province and sindh and the raider occupied kashmir for months was the outcome of a conspiracy that had been under planning for centuries why did the congress call for the boycott of 1931 census calling it communal enumeration whereas the muslim leaders urged the muslims to enumerate fully left an impact on india act of 1935 and also resulted in the tilting balance in favor of muslims in several districts the 1941 census figures proved to be a crucial factor for the demarcation of the boundaries in sindh where there was league ministry the design to accede to pakistan was left to the assembly in the northwest frontier province where the congress had its ministry there was to be referendum of people to renew their preferences silat district of assam where muslim majority was was carved out of the province for ascertaining the will of the people whereas the same choice was denied to the district of tharparkar sindh on the border of rajasthan where the hindus were in majority why were the leaders quietly letting this happen hindus were indeed betrayed the muslims moved out of choice but the hindus had no choice history bears me out